last week I was reading and I was and I was just kind of going over some things Sunday morning and I started reading it and when I read it something leaped out at me and I was like oh Kim goes like no 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 stay on track stay no stay stay on track don't get don't just just pick it up next week or whatever and so I, I, I want to touch on that some this week what the, I felt like the Lord showed me out of that particular scripture um, it was the one in Luke uh, but before we go to Luke, Luke 24 and before we go there we're gonna go somewhere else. And it, and it was this thing about hope and disappointment and how disappointment is a strong foe or it can be a strong foe. It could be so strong that it could be blinding to what God is doing in my life. It could be blinding. And, and that's what happened to these guys. So... Um, if you have your Bible, or if you have a good PowerPoint, if you have a phone, tablet, even a watch nowadays, I get my scripture on my watch. It's amazing. Oh, you're not going to do that to me. There it is. So I want to talk about this today, restoring hope. Uh, that was not supposed to be a yellow flower. That was a green leaf, but I'll take it if it's going to work. If it's going to work, I'll take it. And so that's what I want to look at today, just a real... Uh, uh, Today is, is restoring hope, the hope that sometimes gets lost in the middle of stuff. And maybe some of you have never experienced it. Maybe you, you know how, maybe you're a zebra. <laughs> maybe you're the zebra and you know how to like, you know what, if it happened, it happened right now, I'm eating. That's just a blessing. <laughs> no. I'm a consumer of grass today. I'm on a lion's dinner plate tomorrow. Yeah, such is life. You know what I mean? But, but sometimes things happen that can have a direct impact on that thing that gives us victory at the end. And that's this thing called hope. And so I want to look at the day in, in Proverbs chapter 13. And I quoted this, I believe, last Sunday. It says, Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but when the desire comes, it is a tree of life. Yeah. Hope deferred. Hope, and here's a definition for this word deferred here, real quick. To draw, to prolong, to delay, long, delay, uh, draw a long out, continue. Defer, extend, to stretch out. And I wrote this down here, and I'll just read it. It says, if the object hoped for is delayed any length of time, the mind becomes uneasy, the heart sinks and fails, and the man or woman is ready to give up all hope of enjoying the desired blessing." If that which is desired is drawn out or delayed, or, and, and in our minds, you know, it's like, it's just not going to happen. Or what did I do to cause this? Or I, I go into this defeated place. It causes the heart to become uneasy, or excuse me, the mind to be uneasy, the heart to sink and fail. 
and the man or woman is ready to give up on all hope of enjoying the desired blessing. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. It causes me to stop hoping for that promise that God has told me. It causes me to stop hoping for that which I've desired. It causes me to stop hoping for a good life. I'm just going to settle and just reserve my place in this spot that I never desired to be. I was, I was flipping through channels. I think it may have been this morning. It was Joyce Myers I come across. That's who it was. And she was talking and she said, you know, and I don't know if you know her story. She was sexually assaulted multiple times as a little girl. She was in a bad relationship with the husband, I think it was, who uh, abused her bad. And she went through this life of torture and torment for years. And she said, but you know what? Here I am now as a preacher of the gospel of Christ in over 75 countries around the world doing what God has called her to do. In other words, she didn't allow that thing that she went through to keep her from pursuing some things in her heart. Now, was it easy? Nope. Not at all. But somewhere in there, the hope. It was watered. Somebody watered that seed of hope in her, and she kept going. And today, she's touching lives, life after life. And so I, I read that. I'm like, oh, this is cool. You know, it, the object that has been delayed, you know, for a length of time, my mind, we do. I do. I do. We do. I'm like, what? Where are you, God? <laughs> of course, I don't think I've ever said that. I may be too afraid to say that. But I don't know. Maybe I have. I'll think about that. But anyway, it's like I'm not liking where I am, and my mind becomes uneasy, and my heart goes to some places like, this ain't right. I'm not liking this at all. I don't ever want to settle for something just because, okay, I can do this, and I know that there's more in my heart. I believe one of the biggest tortures that we go through because we know that we have more in us, and I feel like I'm tethered. You ever see those bungee things? You know, those people, they run, they run. They, 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 it's like a little music thing. And they had these kids' parties, and they're like this Velcro thing or whatever. I don't know. And they have this little tether. And they'll run as fast as they can try to get to this wall. And all of a sudden, like, woohoo! And I'm like, sometimes that's what it feels like. And that becomes one of the biggest frustrations to a lot of us because we know we have an appointment to the other side. But some keep going, mm. <laughs> Can I just walk through this day? I, I, I just want to be a little slower, I guess, I think, hopefully. I just want to. But let's look at this for a moment. I, I, I mentioned this in Mark. I, talked, I touched on this Sunday as well. If you remember this story in Mark 14, and Jesus told the disciples, now, and now listen to what he said here. He says, then Jesus said to them, all of you will be made to stumble because of me this night, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd and all the sheep will be scattered. But after I have been raised, I will 
go before you to Galilee. And Peter said to him, even if, you know, the rest of it, you know, I will not, you know, be one of those. Who, I, I'm not going to be one of those weak ones, all right? Basically what he's saying. But listen to what Jesus said. He said, this is going to happen. The shepherd is going to get hit. The sheep are going to scatter. But I'm going to go before you, Galilee. Word from the Lord. That's his word. That's his promise. That's his declaration. Remember this, guys. Okay, yeah, it's not going to happen, but hoo-hoo. And then this is what he said here. Chapter 16, verse 7. Remember Peter? Peter denied him. The alarm clock and the rooster went off. Peter goes out. He's bitter. He's depressed. He's oppressed. And it says, after Jesus was raised from the dead, it says, and the angel came and told him, and said, but go tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you to Galilee. He's still keeping his word. He told them, this is what I'm going to do. Now that he's been raised from the dead, you go tell them, this is what, this is what he's going to do. He hadn't forgotten his word. Okay. So you have this situation. The women who got this word went to the men folk. This is, somebody brought this up the other day. It, the men were the one who were tripping. The woman was like, he's done it. He's done it. But the men were like, yeah, that logical mind kicked in. But the women were like, I don't know what you're thinking. Okay. Of course, there's a lot of culture and stuff involved. But the women had the plan. they like, look, he's up. He's awake. He's alive. We got word. They went to the boys and told them who was afraid and mourning. And it said they heard them, but they, they were like they were telling fairy tales. It was like a fable. They didn't believe them. But do you remember when Jesus said that he said he was going to go to Galilee before us? He said he's going. Ah, you don't mean that. What? And so this next scripture is, the, is what I'm going to show you is these guys, uh, they were on the road to Emmaus. And I talked about that Sunday. And this is what they had left there. And they gave an account of what had happened here. But you know what? They obviously didn't believe it either because, you know, they she had come and told them this was going to happen. They were like, ah, okay. And they went off on a seven-mile journey to get to Emmaus. Really? And this is kind of how where it went, start going, well, I, I guess I should say going back up because it was going downhill <laughs> quick. Now, these guys, they, they had left the scene where the women had came and gave them word. They knew what Jesus had said. They know what the angel had said. They know now what the women have said, that this has happened. And then they go on and say, and there were some guys from our camp went to the tomb where the women had said they'd seen this angel and found what they said was true. So what, it could be real, but you know what? I am not sticking around for that. I'm out of here, man. Let's go to the warm bath. That's what Emmaus means. I'm going to a place of comfort. I'm going to go back to my old, my default Sometimes we get disappointed, man. Default. That de- I'd, I'd say check the default button. If your default button is one of just getting by, allow somebody to pull that button out and put in another button. <laughs> because I don't think God wants us to just get by when he has given us a promise of victory. Okay. So here you have these guys. <laughs> They're walking. They're having session with each other and they're probably moping by this time because seven miles is seven miles when you're walking regardless how you chalk it up it's seven miles 
<laughs> and they were not wearing Air Jordans. And they, were, and they weren't wearing any, any kind of Adidas or New Balance, though it's seven miles. And he said to them, what things? You ask them, you guys have been talking about some things. What have you been talking about? So they said to him, the things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty indeed, and word before God and all the people. And how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we were hoping, that word were is past tense. We were. We were. He told us some things. We got excited about it. We saw him do some things. We got excited about it. And he's going to ride in on his white stallion. And he's going to deliver us from the tyranny of Rome. We saw him with that whip in his hand in the temple. We saw his actions. So we know he can get busy if he have to. (laughs) He's going to do it. So we were, we had hope, we had high expectations. So right about now, we're offended. Let's just call it what it is. <laughs> we're offended because our expectations weren't met. So we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all of this, today is the third day since things happen. He said three days he was going to get up and he was going to do something. Well, you said the boys went to the tomb and found what they said was so. But you still decided not to believe and head home. It's kind of like I'm taking my toys and going home. You know, I've, I've, <sighs> we were hoping. And this is, this, this is what stood out to me. Because before that, when you read it, it says Jesus came alongside them and their eyes were restrained. They they couldn't see it. They, they, They didn't know it was him. And one place, it means to be strong. Their eyes were strongly retained because of their disappointment and their unbelief. He told them, I'm going to Galilee. He told them, you know, in three days. And then the the angel said, he's going to Galilee. And then the women came back and said, he's going to Galilee. This is going to happen. But their disappointment was so strong that Jesus showed up alongside them on the road and they couldn't recognize him. And so I'm going to, I was inspired to write this, so I, I better read it or I'll mess it up. Is it possible that my trust in something else can be so strong that it prevent me from seeing God moving in my life? Is it possible that my belief, perhaps I believe in the disappointment more than the promise Christ gave me? Is that possible? Because I'm looking at 
these guys right here. And this is what they were displaying. They were displaying that I know what Jesus said. I know what the angels have said. It was proven by what the women said. And some of our guys went back to the tomb and found what they said is true. But ah, I'm out of here. I'm out of here. And I'm on the road and we are talking about this guy. We're talking about all that has happened. And Jesus, the Bible said, he came alongside them. Luke, I better read it. I better read it. Luke 24 and verse uh, where is it? Yeah. Luke 24 and 15 says, so it was while they conversed and reasoned that Jesus himself drew near and went with them, but their eyes were restrained. So they did not know him. And so God, He prompted me this morning to think, is it possible, Ketrick, that you're so disappointed in what didn't happen or you're so offended because of what did happen and you, it's so strong on you that your eyes are being held shut by the disappointment and not open to what God is doing. Is it possible that God is meeting some of my needs and I'm complaining about what I don't see, even though it's there? Just say it. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, I have been in the middle of my blessing and complaining to God about what I don't have. And God said to me, he said, but you're living the dream that you want. And I'm like, and I go into this conversation. I'm like, no, I'm not. What are you talking about? Like, yes, you are. <laughs> I kid you not. I, I, I can remember I was, lying, I was laying on my left side in the bed, looking at the wall, the dresser there. I remember, I remember where I was when this was happening. And so he started going down the line. He said, okay, Ketri, let me show you something. Did you want to do this? I'm like, yes, sir. Did you want to do this? Yep. Yes, sir. What about this? Yes, sir. So you are kind of like doing what you want. Yeah. But I'm in the middle of God moving. I'm in the middle of God blessing. But I'm also in the middle of my disappointment because my perspective was screwed up. And I am looking at God's blessing as something that's so So I have to ask that question, is it possible for my disappointments, for me to believe so strong and come into agreement so much with the disappointment that I don't see God moving and blessing me? This is why it's so important for our trust in God to be unshakable. If it is shakable, I'm telling you right now, there will be ample opportunities for Keter to get his. Yeah, get his. I was going to say something like, well, this is being recorded. <laughs> Better not say that. We'll have witnesses. <laughs> this is bad enough. <laughs> but when you get it over there. But I can get myself so twisted up disappointment and my offense towards God. We're just going to be adults here and say it towards God. Let God show up to be a blessing, be a blessing to me. This knucklehead can't even see it. Really? I, I broke your boat. 
But I'm waiting on God. I brought you a helicopter. But I'm waiting on God. I brought you some help. But you were so twisted behind that the hurricane came and mad at God that you didn't see it. Would you climb aboard the help that God give you and crawl out of that boat of disappointment? Oh, Jesus. Ah, oh, God brought you a boat, man. Oh. And you didn't get in. Hmm. Thank you. <laughs> He said, we had hope. We, we, we were hoping. We were hoping. Past tense. We were hoping. We used to believe. I used to believe in him. God, I used to believe in him. We used to trust. We used to love him. There was a time we wouldn't do anything for him. But when he died, when he didn't come through for me, I don't know what's happening. I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not passing any judgment here because I'm, these are human beings doing human things that are, that are subject to all of us if I don't remember. As the scripture says, from my heart, believe. Not from my intellect. I've got to throw intellect out the window because intellect will trick me every time. Intellect will think I can figure this out on my own. But as soon as something don't go my way, intellect takes over. And I figure out, boy, how can you believe that? That's dumb. Because it didn't come through. That's why it says from your heart. Got to go deeper to a place where it's past emotions. It's past figuring it out. It's like, God, if you don't come through, I'm done. God, if you don't come through, the lion's going to eat me. God, if you don't come through, the fire's going to consume me. God, if you don't come through. This cross is going to end it all. But God came through, and here we are. Anyway, moving on. Jeremiah. Restoring hope. That's what this is about. Happy, happy hope. Before we go there. Our instructor said something pretty interesting this weekend, this week when I was there. He says, sometimes as people, when we see people in pain, one of the things that we try to do is to remove them from the pain. He said, don't try to remove people from the pain. Not all the time. There's times we have to face the pain and embrace the pain in order to get through the pain. If the pain is always taken from me and I never experience it, then I never have a heart to overcome it when it shows up. If I'm never given the opportunity to walk through things that didn't come through for me, then whenever something don't happen the way I want it to happen, I get disappointed and I'm like, I used to believe. Why don't you believe anymore? Well, that didn't come through for me. Oh, so mama's bailed you out all the time, huh? Daddy got you out of jail when you got put in jail the first time, huh? And gave you your car back, even though you had the DUI, huh? So you never had an opportunity to experience the pain. I'm like, really? So, yeah. And this is a professional saying this. I'm like, okay. I'll think about that. 
Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 5 through 8, it says, Thus says the Lord God, Cursed is the man who trusts in man and make flesh his strength, whose heart departs from the Lord. For he shall be like a shrub in the desert and shall not see when good comes, but shall inhabit, excuse me, but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness, in the salt lands, which is not inhabitable, inhabited. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is in the Lord. For he shall be like a tree planted by the river, planted by the water, which spreads out its roots by the river and will not fear when heat comes. But its leaf will be green and will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will cease from yielding fruit. That first part up there. Where to go? Yeah, verse 6. He says, For he shall be like a shrub in the desert and shall not see when good comes. Who is that? That guy who did this. He allowed his intellect to be his leader. He put his trust in himself. He put his trust in humanity. He said, look, this is how this is going to go. He said, curse, woe, hardship. Well, Accompany that person who believes that his way out is through humankind. Mainly himself. You know how we are. I can do this. Because I've done, I, I got this. I got this, God. I got this. What are we going to do? I got this. He's like, that guy right there, he's going to have some problems. And it's going to be so much so that he won't, he, he won't even recognize when the good comes. He said, it's going to be like a plant out in the desert place. It's going to be so hot that a bug will show up and he won't even know it. He won't know that's a blessing. Because it's trust. He stopped trusting in God from his heart. Remember that part where he says he departed from him? For cursed the man who uh, trusts in man and make flesh his arm, whose heart, whose heart departs from the Lord. In other words, my strength is in what I can do. And I like having God as a mascot. Jesus is my mascot. You know, we got spirit. Yes, we do. We got spirit. How about you? We got more. Well, you got a good mascot. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. But do you have a coach that you're willing to, that you are going to allow to lead you in the right path? This, this, is it possible that disappointment has gripped me to a point or offense has gripped me to a point that my heart stopped believing that the blessing that God has for me really can exist. Is that possible? It was for these guys. They used to believe in him. And they stopped. And they found themselves in a pretty bad place. Back to Luke 24. And this is where things begin to change. And we talked about restoring hope. This is where they had lost hope. They had no hope in the beginning. It says, and these guys are on the road to Emmaus. You know, and Jesus is walking along with them. Jesus pretended that he was going to go further, but he, they said they restrained him. And it wasn't like, oh, no, please don't go. No, it was kind of like when you read that, it was like violence. No, 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 you're not going. Because they had had a conversation with them. And something started happening. It's like, this feels familiar. 
Because they get down there and say, did not our hearts burn when he talked with us on the road? And so by the time they got to the house, they were like, uh, you ain't going nowhere. No, 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 we need to have a talk. And it's like, no, come on, please, stay here. It says, and now it came to pass, as he sat at the table, Jesus come inside, he sat down at the table with them, and it says, <clears throat> he sat at the table with them, that he took bread, blessed and broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were open, and they knew him. And he vanished from their sight. And they said to one another, did not our hearts burn within us while he talked with us on the road and while he opened the scripture to us? So they rose up that very hour, returned to Jerusalem. And found, seven miles, these boys, they, they trip. anyway, found the eleven. And those who were with them gathered together, saying, this is what they started telling them, the Lord is risen. Those who were disappointed before, the Lord is risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. And they told about the things that happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of bread. Okay. We were hurt. We're offended. Let's just be real. We, we had lost all hope. It was over. But Jesus came in and checked this out. He says, they get up, they go back, and they talk to the people. I mean, it's kind of like, guys, you got to believe this. Aren't you the same two guys who just left <laughs> and went home? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But, but, but this is what happened on the road. So you, you see, what happened was we were walking down this road, you see, and this stranger shuffled up. We didn't know who he was. And we just talked about this. We talked about him. Didn't know we were talking about him. And told him about this Jesus guy who we had hoped to be. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he's like, well, and he opened the scriptures. He opened the scriptures up to us and our hearts burned. Because we understood this is the promise that he had told us. They said our eyes were open when he broke bread with us. They sit down at the table. And see, remember, Jesus being the word made flesh and the bread of life, he sit there and he revealed himself as they got into the scripture with him, as he told them about the things that were to happen, the things that was to come. Their eyes opened. And this, this is why I'm saying this. It's so important for you and I not to base our relationship with the Lord solely on my intellect. Because this guy right here will let me down. <laughs> Just being honest, it will, it will. You know, he even talks about the heart. Is that, you know, the heart is desperately wicked, you know. And it, it, my heart, I can't, even, I, can't even, I can't even trust how I feel. I, I can't. I mean, I know I might be feeling this way. I might be feeling angry, upset, and offended. But you know what? I got to tell my heart, get over yourself. What's true? Well, what's true is God's word. Okay, so what does God say in his word? This is where these guys, this is what delivered them. They sat at the table with Jesus and allowed him to break bread, to open his word up to them, to open the scriptures up to them. So now it's kind of like, wait a minute. We've duped ourselves. 
I was offended. Let's, let, me, let, me, let me see here. He said he was going to Galilee. The women went to the tomb. The angel said he was going to Galilee. The women came back and told us what they saw. Some guys went back to the tomb and said what they, the women said was accurate. And we still left? Really? Ah, what was I thinking? Guys! Their intellect got them on a, their intellect gave them 14 miles of exercise. It's what we have here. But it was the word of God. Jesus sat there and he opened up, his, the Bible said he broke bread, the bread of heaven. He came. This is what opened our eyes to truth. So when opportunities to be disappointed come, we have something to hold on to. And I don't have to settle for believing the lies of the world around me. I have to grab a hold. I have to have something to hold on to. And Ketrick can't be it. I can enjoy it. Sue can't be it. Y'all can't be it. It's got to be God's word because that's going to be the thing that grounds me when everything else goes kaput. Okay. Now. Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 8 says this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Is this your pattern here? It's kind of about trusting in God. It's nothing about trusting in him. Not yourself, Ketrick, but anyway, he's going to say this here. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. <laughs> Getting a little personal right here. He's like, I appreciate your smartness. And how you can cipher, that's all well and good. But let me tell you, you can't lean on that. Because remember, cursed is the man that put his trust in man. If you start putting your trust in your own man here, you're going to be in trouble. Okay? Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And he shall direct your path. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. And it will be health to your flesh, strength to your bones. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruit of your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. There's that wine again. <laughs> My son, do not despise the chastising, excuse me, the chastening of the Lord, nor detest his correction. For whom the Lord loves, he corrects, just as a father, the son in whom he delights. Yeah. He said, guys, I, I know, I'm not knocking the smarts. I, I know you got, I know you have a lot of goods going on. He said, but at the end of the day, you're butt dust. At the end of the day, you're just dust. At the end of the day, if you allow your emotions, like I said, does the feeling thing, my heart can feel a lot of stuff. <laughs> I'll hear this later. Sorry. <laughs> to be continued. <laughs> but guys, <laughs> it's just dust. 
And if you allow yourself to think that you're more than you are, you'll get yourself in trouble. You really would. And I'm not knocking you. I love you. I know you're dust, and I love all the dust. I love you. But I'm trying to protect you. If you don't follow what I'm asking you to do, I'm going to have to rescue you again. I'm going to send you another boat. I'm going to send you another helicopter. <laughs> I'm going to have to send you a four-wheeler or something. But there's some things here that I, I felt like the Lord was saying, just coming out of here. There's three areas that I felt like the Lord is asking us as human beings to trust him. Because in these areas, we can become disappointed. You know, and it happens. It happens to the best of us. It happens to a lot of people, and no one exempt from the temptation of these things. Um, three areas that we're told here, just in this passage of Scripture, to trust the Lord. And one of them is trust Him with your future. With your future. Trust Him with your future. What, what are your plans? What are your life goals? What's your career goal? This is how this goes. Okay. Remember he said, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. Okay, God, this is, excuse me, that's not how, no, that's not how it always goes. This is how it kind of goes. I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. Okay, okay. Okay, now that I have my plan and I've committed to it, I've bought dirt there, I've done everything that I want to do, I, I think I'll ask God to bless it. Hey, God, why don't you bless this thing for me? I don't know. I'm just thinking. You think it had been appropriate if you had a, we kind of had had a conversation first? Because <laughs> just maybe, just maybe, there could have been a better way. Not saying that the plan would have changed or the direction would have changed, but maybe there's some, you know, mines, landmines you could have missed if you would have had talked to me first. See, God is pretty smart. I know, I know. I know we, we're sharp people. We are intelligent people, but check this out. We're making this likeness in his image. So he's got to be smart if we're smart. So, so what, are my, what, what are my life plans? What are the plans I have? No, it kind of goes like this. Okay, before I take a step out there, before I date that guy, okay, I'm going to do that to him. <laughs> Before I get too far down the road with that guy for him to ask me to marry him, I think I'm going to talk to God about this first. Like, God, what, what's, your, what's your thoughts about this? And he's going to say, go talk to your dad. But anyway, that's, that's a whole other story. That's, God, I plan on doing these things. and I'm going to go on a mission trip. Okay, that's great. That's great. Let's talk about this. Let's talk about this. You know, there's, there's times, even some of the worst times, God can deliver us from evil. If I just talk to him. He said, in all of your ways, all. Um, the Greek word for all is all. I, I don't know. I mean, but it means all. It's my knowledge. I mean, that could be East Texas ciphering. But when I read all, it's just in all my ways. And I'm not saying that I, no, I've got this thing down perfect because I know I've had some ways. I'm like, Ooh, I should have prayed first. I should have, I should have talked to him. At least went to somebody, my friend, and said, hey, bro, what you, hey, this is what I'm thinking about doing. 
Would you pray with me on this? Or what do you think? You have some experience in this? Yeah, man, I went down that road and that was a load. And that was just God's way of helping me to stay out of some trouble. Said, all of your ways, bring me to the forefront. Bring me into the plan. Allow me. And this is what he's saying here. With your future, the scripture says in Matthew, it says, we know, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. Seek God's kingdom. Seek his ways. Seek his heart. Allow God in on the plans that you have for your life. He said, and I will see to it. I would, I would give you I would, and all that other stuff. We'll work that out. That was number one. Number two, I'm going to trust him with my physical being, my health. See, the reason that I, when I was looking at this, it was like, no, there are some areas in humanity that grips us the most. One is our future. We stress over that. If we're going to stress, man, we're like, what? Am I saving enough? Am I putting enough back? Where am I going to live? Am I, am I doing the right thing? Who am I going to marry? Where am I going to work? Where am I going to live? Our future. I mean, this, these are things that stresses us out. And God said, man, just talk to me about it. Then other thing is our health. Like, man, I got to lose weight. Doctor said I'm fat. He said, I need to cut back on this and cut back on that, you know, and, and then the what ifs, what ifs. Then they tell me, that kids, when you turn 50, you know, you got to go and get this done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, oh, I'm 51. <laughs> ah, and so all these things, and I'm not saying these are wrong things. I'm just saying, but in the midst of it, God, walk me to, down the aisle and hold my hand. I've got to bring, I trust you even with because these are things as human beings that we wrestle with and we stress over on a daily. This is what he said here. Actually, back there again, we read Proverbs again. Verse 7 says, Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It will be health your flesh and strength to your bones. So if you choose to put me first in your decision making, we'll see to it that your health is in the right place. We'll see to it. Maybe some decision you have to make. You might have to make a phone call, whatever it is. But even in the, making a phone call to the best physician there is on the planet, I want God holding his hand. I'm sorry. <laughs> Thank you, bro. I appreciate you. I'm going to give you a whole bunch of dollars. To get this process, this pro- but in the, no, don't get offended. I just think you're just dust. I mean, at the end of the day, you're just a pile of dust walking in the grace of God. So I'm going to pray first. I'm going to hold a bunch of other people around me to see this through. He said, if you put me first, he said, be health to your flesh. And be strength to your bones. God, in my life, may I put you first. Because me being first, I stress myself out. I, st- I just, you know, and then, oh, by the way, you know, the study of stress, then that causes more problems. Then there's other procedures we're going to have to have done. <laughs> then I'm losing sleep. And then that's another problem. Then we're going to have other procedures done. I'm sitting there sleep, trying to sleep with two. Anyway, the whole thing, I got to put God first. At the end of the day, it's got to, God, I need you. 
I need you. Oh, how I need you. Isaiah 58. And eight says, then your light. He's talking about fasting. He said, this is the fast that the Lord has chosen. Bread to the poor. Take people out of bondage places. He said, if you do this, he said, then your light shall break forth like the morning. Your healing shall spring forth speedily and your righteousness go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. He said, man, if you take my advice and you Listen to me, he said, man, your health, your life, it will be springing forth speedily. That was number two. So the first one was the whole idea of my future. God, I need, we stress over these things. And I, get, I can get disappointed behind it, and I can start, I can start you know, blaming God. And I used to believe in him because my future stinks now. I look at it, and you know what, that 401k, you know, it bottomed out. I'm blaming the government. I'm blaming the country. I'm blaming grandma. I'm blaming everybody. But okay, how about, you know, I think God can still recover this thing. I don't know how. I mean, still tell you, he's never let us down. He's never, never, ever, ever. From a brick house to a stick house is what Jericho called it. We live on a house with sticks, daddy. It was a garage apartment, and when you move too much, it kind of did this here. A few years before that, we weren't in there. We were somewhere, but all of a sudden, we moved on behalf of God, and here we go in the stick house. I mean, <laughs> God, what are we going to do with this? And, and he takes us out, and he said, son, I got you. And we move from the stick house, and we move to our mama house. Okay, God, really? This is getting better? It's getting better! Still following the path of God. God, what are we doing? We, you know what you've been called to do. Yes, sir. Keep doing it. Don't stop. We move from Mama House and we move to an apartment. Oh, looks better. It's not a stick house. It's just better. Oh, we didn't even have cable TV and don't have to steal it. I mean, no, we didn't do that. That's, <laughs> we didn't do that. <laughs> we didn't do that. <laughs> Sitting there and it was, it was good. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, you know, driving and driving all over the car and blows the engine on my car. It's like, really? I got to drive back and forth to work, and I, <laughs> I called this guy named Bubba. Everybody needs a Bubba. This Bubba was a used car salesman and a pastor. So you know how awesome this was. This has got to be from God. <laughs> called this guy named Bubba. said, Bubba, my action. We had helped him out with his church. We helped him start his church and say, man, if you ever need a car, you ever need anything, just let me know. I got your back. Called him up. He said, I got just a car for you. Really? Got a preacher car for you. What's that? I got it. So actually, I have two. One of them is a red Volvo wagon. I said, you don't need that. That's a yuppie car. You don't need that. He said, but I got this black BMW. It's black on black. He's like, I'm like, what? I've always wanted a BMW. Always wanted BMW. He sent it to me by some friends before I even paid him for it. I won't go through all of how the devil tried to talk me out of it, but anyway. And he gave me such a good deal on it that I walked into the bank, didn't even need a down payment, and come out with payments less than my minivan. It was awesome. And then I had to trade it in when I moved to Telly Robert. That's a whole other story. Yeah, I know. <laughs> what were we talking? Oh, he's never. <laughs> he's never. <laughs> 
went from a Sentry with a busted engine to a Beamer rolling like a boss. That was awesome with the sunroof. Let oh yeah. And then he like, okay, we're gonna be here for a while. And he's like, yeah. So well, maybe we'll buy a house. Yeah, okay. So I started looking for a house. So I'm out looking for this house, and I found one. It was within our budget. And I'm like, okay, this is gonna work. And looked at it, and someone underbidded us, and I was mad. I was like, what? Harley, and then they go still them. And I'm, I got on my computer, and house, and still under me. And I'm like, what? what's that? Hmm? Honey, come here. There was a house there, in a newly upcoming addition. About the house may maybe ten years old. Brick. It was just what I'd always wanted. So we called up our realtor and said, hey, meet us there now. <laughs> and we got there, and it was perfect. One of the largest floor plans on the block. It was in a perfect neighborhood, everything. And if you go there now, you can't hardly because everybody's moving. <laughs> it's like, this is nuts. But in that, you go from a place, from a house to a stick house to mama-in-law's house, to your dream house. God says, son, if you trust me, if you trust me, I'll never let you down. To a basement, but that's a whole other story. We won't talk about that. Because what I'm expecting is, if you gave me a basement today, tomorrow, it's going to be on. Wow. Because he's never done anything but show me that I've got your back and we're going up. He's never shown me anything, but I've got your back, and we're going forward if you put me first. Ciao. The last one, areas where we stress. Besides time in church. I know you're stressing right now. I just, just hold on. I'm going, to, I'm, going to, I'm going to land this plane here in just a moment. We stress over our future. We get disappointed about things going on in our future. We get disappointed about things we stress over our health. Things are going on with our health, you know, and even things that are not happening. My mind just want to go places and play these games, and I have to remember who's in charge. In charge. And the third thing we stress over our finances. I looked at my wallet and, uh, hey, what they're saying I need, I know I ain't got it. But have you ever been there? And you looked, and what you need, and what you thought you had, just didn't line up until you was like, well, this is what I'm going to do. And you get there, I don't know how Sue did it, but somehow she made fish and loaves happen with our finances for years. She's like, well, this is what I'm going to do. I need this much money to get this done. And if you go there, oh, 58 cents, bam, there it goes right there. I mean, it just, I'm or whatever. But he's always, but he's always done it. And it, it's just amazing. But we do. We stress over this trip that I just went on. <laughs> this craziest thing happened. Um, 
going to go. Yep, going to go. Get your room. All right. Got your room taken care of. And I'm having a conversation with this individual, I will leave nameless in town. And he goes, like, man, that's awesome. That's great. That's cool. That's cool. He was in his car. We were just talking about some things. And he says, so who's, who's, who's sponsoring that for you? I'm like, what do you mean? So I'm going to be sponsored. I'm like, he's like, what? He's like, do you mind if I sponsor you? I'm like, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. Come on, man. So he gives me a check. $600. Done. He's never not done it. That's all I'm trying to say. Just, anyway. When we honor God with our finances, he bless our house to be filled. Proverbs 3, 5. Did I put that there? No, I didn't. I'll just read it. Proverbs 5, through the 10. says, sow your borns. That's what he was saying. He was saying, lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge me. He said, why is this? He said, so that your barns will be filled. See, God has a plan for you and I to prosper and be in health as our souls prosper. Proverbs 5, uh, sorry, Proverbs 3, 5 through 10 is what he's talking about this. But verse 10 is where it says, so your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Why did he tell us this? Because he wants our house to be blessed. And then he wants his house to be blessed. Can you, and people, <laughs> it's funny how this thing works. I can't believe the number of people who believe in unicorns. <laughs> what do you mean, Kendrick? Well, okay, not technically physically a unicorn, but believe in things that's like, okay, well, the lights are going to go on somehow. Right? Somehow. I don't know I don't how y'all do it. You must have tapped the line into the electric company and you just, they just donate electricity to you every month. Another unicorn believer. That's <laughs> just the way it happens. I'm sorry. That's, that's not funny. Yeah, it is. It is funny, but anyway. So Malachi, and I know you guys have heard this, and you've probably been whooped with it a few times. That's why I'm going here. Bear with me. And he, he asked the question. These guys, they've done, you know, some pretty silly things and trying to get back into good graces with God. And they say, well, how can a man return to God? He said, I'm glad you asked. He said, well, a man robbed God. He said, yet you have robbed me. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. What? Come on. What do, you, what do you mean robbed you? Well, stay tuned. You are cursed with the curse. You talked about, remember that was mentioned over there in Isaiah before. I mean, not Isaiah, but Jeremiah. You are cursed with the curse, for you have robbed me, even the whole nation. Bring all the tithe into the storehouse, that there will be food in my house. That's why I've mentioned the unicorn thing, because sometimes we think, well, it's just going to come in the house just because, I don't know, because you have some kind of good deal with the, with the town, <laughs> with the water company. And with the carpet, co- unicorns. Um, <laughs> bring all the tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open up the windows of heaven and pour out for you such a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke. I love this part here. 
I will rebuke the devourer for your sake so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to produce fruit for you in the field, says the Lord. And I was looking at this, I'm like, you know, going back to the Proverbs where he says, you know, he said, honor the Lord. Even if you're fine, I know there's times when we're, we're trying to figure out how this thing is going to work financially. And, and I just want to say, if someone said, well, you know, I'm, I'm struggling with my finances, I just want to ask, okay, so what is your giving life like? I, I, let's just be real. You want God to keep putting into your vat, but you're not going to be a blessing to him. So you want to draw from a bank that you haven't invested in. So if someone would ask me, say, well, you know, I'm, I'm really struck. I understand. We're going to have to. But I have to ask another question. How, what is your faithfulness like in that area of giving? Well, now I don't believe in there's a bunch of hypocrites at the church. Mm. Mm. Unicorn. Oh, I mean, oh, yes. 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 So I understand. I'm not, I, I, you know what? I'm with you on that. A lot of hypocrites. People have hurt, robbed. But here's the end of the day. God said, you know what? There is a thing that I'm doing across the earth. My work has to go forward. And how does that happen is because my people invest in what I'm doing. So he said, if you do that, my house will be filled. So when someone comes for help, that house can bless that person. And not only that, you benefit from this thing. Now, your house is going to be filled. Why? If I can trust you to fill my house, then I'm going to pour it on. I'm going to pour it on. I'm going to pour it on. You won't have, you're going to look for places to give away. I like talking to people that say, you know what? I've gotten to a place in my life that I don't want to live off the 90%. I want to live off the 10% and give the rest of it away. If we could, if, I hadn't had that revelation, but I'm just saying. <laughs> if that could be a part in my plan, you know, the welfare system wouldn't have to depend on the government. Oh, and by the way, the government was never anointed to carry the welfare system and take care of widows and orphans. It was put on the, that anointing was given to the church. But it can't happen if the church don't honor God with their finances and that area. But when I stress, and I know it, it is not one of those things like, ah, you know, it's, you know, it's going to happen. No, no, no. I, I'm not even tripping like that. I'm not even saying, I know what that feels like and I know what that looks like and I know the question of what we're going to do. But I'm just saying, I want to be in a place where I say, God, I trusted you back there when you told me that you were going to meet me in Galilee. I want to trust the messenger when they tell me that you're going to Galilee. And I sure want to trust the messenger that said that, you know what? What they said is true. I don't want to have the term, I used to trust him. We were hoping and stop believing in him. Even when it comes to my finances, I used to trust him. But the car dealership had this Porsche. Ah! <laughs> and it or excuse me, this BMW, <laughs> this 6 Series, man, it is on. Yes. And I put myself in a position where I can't honor God with what he's given me. Because he says like this, the earth is the Lord, the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. The earth belongs to me. And you're going to do what? <laughs> there are areas in our life where we stress where we can become disappointed and we are subject to have this term, whether it comes out of my mouth or not, maybe it comes out of my action. We were hoping. In other words, I used to believe in that he was going to do this. I may not say it in my mouth, but my action. I used to believe God was good. 
through Green Bay, but now I treat him like, you know, he doesn't exist. I used to believe in him. Just dust. Just dust. <laughs> Just dust, man. In my future, may I give it to God. This is what I want to, this is, this, is, this is what I ask of us. Give your future to God. When you wake up in the morning and say, God, you know what, today is yours. You called the sun to come up. I'm benefiting from your grace. I give it to you. Help me to understand where, where we're going today, God. Lord, I have these plans. I've written down. I, I've gone to my accounting. I've accounted. I've, I've, we've talked it out. Here's my life, long-term goals and my short-term goals. God, at the end of the day, I want, I want to know what you're saying. I want what you're saying. My future. This is a little old lady at this meeting we were in this past week. I don't know how old she is, but she looked like she is not 70 anymore for a while. She looks, I wanted to ask, but that's like, don't do it. So I didn't. Little lady that got a phone call to another table said, I'm going to Iowa Monday, being deployed on on, on, a, on a rescue thing. I don't know if it's flooding or whatever it is, but she's going out, man. She's keeping her life in the middle of stuff. They call me Mrs. Grandma, but she's putting her life, she's her future. God, my health, regardless of what the enemy yells in my ear, regardless of what he's saying, you know, there are some, there are some things that is necessary, there are some things that have to happen, but I first got in the midst of all of this. I want to trust you. I don't want to walk in fear because that's what the enemy is doing. You get me in fear, produces stress, and then the stress, guess what? It's going to try to bring forth things in my life that I've been fearing. Stress don't play fair, just in case you know. He's not your friend. He's not your friend. So I want to be able to say, God, I give you my health. I want to walk this thing out. Lord, you say, it's health to my flesh. Matter of fact, the scripture says that your word is life to me, health and healing to all my flesh. Grab God's word. Wherever you are, whatever you're dealing with, God, ask God, do you have a word on this? Maybe it's a direct word. Maybe it's not. Maybe get with some friends. Say, what is, what is God saying to you about this? Trust me. Google it. Just, just Google the thought. You know, and this might pop up. God, what do you say about this? And then our finances. It is a stressor. It is something that I mean, look at the stock market. You think it go down because they're having a good day? No, someone got scared. Someone gave them a no. You know what? The beans are not producing like we thought they were. So, ah, beans fall. And then the stock market right down. And you know what we do as stockholders? Sell, sell, sell. Sell, sell, sell. You know what our accountant person says? Don't do it. Don't do it. It's a roller coaster, man. It's going down today. It's going to go back up tomorrow. Because those numbers are based on the emotions of man. And the heart of man is deceitfully wicked. Don't believe the lie. Now, again, there are some wise moments that you have to go like, okay, I'm grateful that our person is, is a Christian and she seeks God to the utmost. And I'm like, hey, no pressure, but make me rich, okay? No pressure. I know I gave you beans to work with. I know it's not much, baby. I understand what I gave you. But you, you know, hey, no pressure. 
No pressure. Just, you know, you and God. Y'all have y'all way, okay? So, you know, the roller coaster is going to do its thing. But before I sell, I want to know, God, are you telling me to sell? Or is that guy over there telling me to sell? Because if that guy telling me to sell, there's a good chance he's got his hand in the pot and he's going to benefit from my selling. I'm just saying. So, God, at the end of the day, I want to trust you and I want to honor you with my possessions. I want to give to you what belongs to you. I want to give, you give me 10, here's one off the top. I'll walk away with nine. Sounds like a pretty good deal. I mean, he could have asked for more. (laughs) He could have said, you know what? I want 50% because it's all mine. No, he's like, you know what? You take 90, I'll take 10. And I'll take the 10 and I'll be above your 90 before the day is over. He just plays that way. I don't know how he does it. He just is. So in the middle of our life and making decisions, let us say, you know what? We didn't used to trust him. We do trust him. It doesn't look pretty. It may hurt. I may not understand, but I trust him. And that's what it's all about. He said, if you do that, you'll be like a tree planted by the water, and you will always produce fruit at the end of the day. Man, stick to your feet.